1: Today's episode is brought to you by Fox and Stallion. Fox and Stallion is a Victorian mystery comedy fiction podcast about the best detective team on Baker Street. No, not that one. Season 2 will be airing in 2024 and is currently crowdfunding through May 1st. They have stickers, personalized in-universe thank-you letters with wax seal, calligraphy, and all of it, and even a tier where they solve a mystery that you send them. Uh, They do want me to note Fox and Stallion cannot guarantee the solving of any mysteries, but they will try their absolute hardest for three to five audio minutes. This show also has everything you could want. Jewel heists, asexual detectives, lavender marriages, and a really old cat. You can find and listen to Fox and Stallion anywhere you listen to podcasts or on their website, 224bbaker.com. That's 224bbaker.com. This episode of Our Fair City is brought to you by Field Notes Brand. USA-made memo books and other products, including seasonal limited editions. Visit FieldNotesBrand.com or 400 North May.
2: Hello, Loyal Policies. Today we are answering your questions. We've gathered them from Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, email, just about everywhere we could. And these are uh, actual questions from actual fans. Who don't work for us, and that's amazing. Here today, we have myself. My name is Lauren Fates. I am Heartlife Community Manager, and
1: uh, I'm Ansel Birch. I'm the narrator. Uh, I'm Jeffrey Gardner, and I'm the executive producer.
2: I'm DJ Catnip,
0: and I'm the sound engineer. I'm Betsy Palmer, I'm the director of live engagements. I
1: am Clayton
3: Fates, and I'm the creative director for Our Fair City.
2: From Snail Army. We're we're a big fan of your snail army. It
3: could be two snail armies. What yeah.
2: if it is? What if we make them fight? Handwriting head cannons, please. I think West's is super fancy and neat while Caligari's is a messy scrawl. Thoughts? So my first question is like do people learn to write in this universe <laughs> cuz I'm not sure. Yeah.
3: Paper and other disposable media uh, is in short supply. It is all recycled and so it's of a very low quality. And, you know, something like a, like, a, like a pen or a pencil is really a, a disposable item. And in a closed ecosystem, which the world of Heart life is, those things are probably in short supply. We've talked a lot about how technology is available, but raw materials are the limiting factor. Mm-hmm. And so I, I suspect that Dr. Caligari has probably learned to write. I think it's a that prestige for item. A high-level scientist, that probably, yeah, makes, makes some sense.
1: Mm-hmm. And Dr. West being an outsider mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. probably... Uh, also, being
3: older than you think, he yeah. is. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I actually, I <clears throat> bet that um, that West actually also has perfect penmanship. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, but his S's look
3: like F's. It's like very yeah, old
2: fashioned. <laughs> yeah,
1: He may have gone through several hands to get that perfect penmanship.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, he's, he's like, got a
1: very classical. Yeah.
0: yeah. I feel like if Caligari is paying attention, I bet that she writes. Really small and really precisely, mm-hmm. um but I bet that like if she's working, it's a scroll It's She has no writing. time for that. Yeah. Show. yeah,
3: yeah. She's a very meticulous person in general. So yeah, I imagine I imagine you're you're correct in there. I will say that this is a, a really interesting question to talk about. But for all the the detail that we discussed, like the minutia that we go into in the writers' room, this is not one that we have considered Never previously.
1: <laughs> I bet, I, I does anybody Simon... remember a pen ever showing up in the show? Mm-hmm. Scribble, scroll, scrubble. Any of that sound? Uh, yes, somewhere, but I'm not I'm not sure exactly where it is. is oh, visit? oh. Uh, Herbert and Calgary. Uh, Herbert signs a contract in Wynn's office. So for some things, there is still a, there are still contracts that you sign by hand. Directors, when Charlie Wood has a probably a gorgeous, loopy.
2: Yeah, but he does it uh, for show. Yeah, he does it uh, as like a a status thing. Mm-hmm. He doesn't well, actually. Write Owning that a way. pen, if he's by himself, them. he would not write that way. Oh yeah, I bet Charlie Wynn owns like a pen in a box. <laughs> <laughs> he like yeah. flips it open in front of people. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, gets him some dates. <laughs> like <a> fountain pen. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I bet I bet Simon like scratches on pipes, and like has like a uh, like. <laughs> He's invented a cipher. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm sure he didn't like learn, Mm -hmm. but he he has like notes that he leaves for himself about like there is mold this way. Don't go there. Mm -hmm. Um, A thing that I have always Al's bar. Mm -hmm. Um, My like headcanon on Al's bar has always been that it is a hospital, and that it is Al's is the last two letters of a sign that says hospital that, like, all of the rest of it was torn oh. down.
2: Who named Al's Bar?
1: Well, okay,
3: so I I named Al's Bar. You didn't have to yeah. reboot? No, I did not. Okay. Uh, a lot of us met working at a prominent uh, museum um. in the Chicagoland area, and near said prominent museum, there is a real, real dive of a bar that is called The Cove. Mm-hmm. And it had, I think at one time in its history, a vaguely nautical theme, although that's no longer the case.
1: <laughs> the outside belies a past of nauticality, Right, yes.
3: but inside, it, the only theme is like pictures for single digits of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, these
1: rough-hewn tables. It's yes. ridiculous. They're really yeah.
3: nice, actually. Which is, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, it's, it's worth calling out. It's kind of the birthplace of our fair city. In,
3: up- in a lot of ways, yeah. There, oh. were, there were some beers and some handshakes that happened mm-hmm. Uh yeah, but it is called the Cove, and I think because of its nautical roots, but we extrapolated Cove to Alcove and then further weathered Alcove down with the idea, similar to hospitals, yeah. right, that the, the, the Cove part went and it just became Al. Hmm. And so there is no Al. There is no Al of The proprietor is not <laughs> no. named Al.
2: G2, the Irish pianist, asks, would the crew ever consider doing a live event in Hartford, Connecticut?
3: Yes. Yes. You got. You got a venue.
2: Let's do it. <laughs> Call us. Um, maybe we could talk for a moment about why Hartford was chosen.
3: So uh, Hartford was chosen as the as the setting for our first city because the whole the whole idea for the show grew out of a, a thought experiment. Uh, I was in college and talking to some friends and and we had imbibed some you know various substances and we were talking <laughs> about how global global warming global climate change is a. a serious issue. And, you know, we hear politicians talk about it as a pressing national security issue. And, and, you know, there's been a summit in Paris recently. I think it's more in the public eye now than it was, God, all those years ago, long, more years, more years than I realize when we we're talking about this. But, you know, we were discussing what are the real consequences going to be? Are we going to see them in our lifetimes? Is it something that our kids are going to see or our grandkids? You know, what is this going to look like? And even a small shift in global temperature shifts where crops grow, where important crops grow. It changes the supply of food staples for the developing world, but also for us, you know, here in, in the United States. And we started to look at, you know, let's focus that down to a, a specific community, a municipality. And we looked at Hartford, Connecticut. It's it's where um, I grew up, not in Hartford, but actually in Western Massachusetts. But uh, you know, my dad worked for a big company. Um, that was a finance annuity and insurance company. Hartford is a big mecca for that. Hartford seemed like an interesting case study. And our notion was, you know, if the food supply breaks down and the government's not able to provide security and, uh, you know, security in all of its forms for its citizens, not just security in in the context of like safety, um, but also in terms of the, the, you know, the ability to live a comfortable and, and healthy life what would happen? And we thought, well, private companies with assets to protect, with money and with resources, they would want to protect those assets themselves. They would hire private security forces. And inevitably, if you have more guns than the other person, you are the government. If you have the most guns in a given geographical area, you have a monopoly on violence. And that is, you know, compelling. Yeah, that is compelling. (laughs) So We envisioned a Hartford, Connecticut where order breaks down and where insurance companies do militarize to protect their assets and ultimately become the de facto government. And as the world freezes over and communication and travel and trade begin to uh, uh, completely shut down, um, this place becomes isolated. And what would it look like if an insurance company ran the government? We said, you know, well, they would quantify everything about you. That's what they do. I have a friend who was a math major in college he was an actuary for a while and and one of the like the fun facts that he told me about his job he he quit and went to med school cuz he hated this but he was like hey i can tell you how many days off of a quarterback's life expectancy every single sack takes off you know and so i i can't watch football without thinking about that if i watch a quarterback get sacked i'm like well that guy's going to live 3 days less than he you know than he would have before he took that hit whatever it was the bottom line is they do this they boil everything down to numbers, and so that's why Heartlife is the way that it is, and 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 that's why it's set in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, I, I had a little experience with that, but it was also a super compelling uh, setting that I, I you know I think we wanted to work in. So yeah, we'd love to perform in Hartford. I, I have.
1: It's also worth saying we love live performances, and we would love to bring them to more places. A lot of us come out of a live theater background, and it's always really exciting for us to be able to get back in front of live people um, it's super rewarding to see people reacting in real time to the art we make and that's something we've had to really get used to um making art for the internet because uh, you know you are creating something and you don't get to watch the faces of people um as they hear it so uh yeah yeah let's go kind of to hartford
0: uh we do love to do live performances and if you have a performance you'd like to pitch to us uh Contact us. You can do that at contact at ourfaircity.com and uh, we'd
2: love to chat about that. Says Betsy, director of live engagements. (laughs) (laughs) And that isn't just just shows. That isn't just theatrical performances. We love to do panels at conventions. We love to talk to young people at libraries. Most unusual compliment received from G2, the Irish pianist. (laughs) No, I
3: was thinking about the guy on iTunes. Who offered to date? Oh, every yeah. single
0: one of us.
3: Any of us, not every of us.
0: Oh, I interpreted that as all of us.
3: All <laughs> so if you're
0: on board.
3: I don't remember your your iTunes handle, but if you're listening to this and you wrote the comment about how you would date anyone on the cast and crew of Our fish City, we, we want to know. That. Is that that just any of us singly, or is that all of us collectively? Because we'd like to talk to you. Yeah, we don't want to rule anything out. No, but
0: but we do need to make a really big dinner reservation if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, (laughs)
1: spreadsheets.
0: Yeah, Yeah. you know, what was our last count? Like 75 contributing artists
2: in one way or another? So we will go on a date with you when 75 people are simultaneously free. (laughs) I just
3: gotta say that like, we're used to being treated, so. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, you made the first move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ca- That's call the, the rule. Though. That's the rule. Oh, I know that. <laughs> Shit. Google I don't remember Google. where he was from, but at the last um, Fringe festival, you and I were just standing outside, and there was a man. I think he was from Orlando, and he mm-hmm. just happened to be in town, and just happened yeah. to see that Our Fair City was performing live, and he was like, "Our Fair City." that's my favorite thing. I can't believe I get to see them live. And like, he didn't come from Orlando to see us, but was so delighted that he got to just like, by circumstances lining up the right way. And I remember that like glowing feeling of someone far away is actually listening. Yeah, not
3: an unusual compliment, just a really good one. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's really solid.
2: Well, it was unusual because I, I was still in that headspace that like, the internet can sometimes feel like just screaming into the void. And when someone validates that, not only are they out there, but like on their vacation, they will prioritize this. That's, it was unusual for me at the time, but in that it was basically magic.
3: Yeah, and it really is, I, I don't know. We, I, we, we think, we did, we started, we started this project at the Cove, drinking a couple of beers and saying like, hey, we should make a thing. And just the very notion that, that there's a stranger out there who is listening to it, I don't know. Every individual fan that we've ever met has just been mind-blowing to me. Yeah. I'm so grateful. Does fan art count as yes, a strange and compliment? Cosplay. Oh,
2: gosh. Oh, every, yeah.
1: Every time we find a picture of someone's Our Fair City cosplay or a piece of fan art that they've drawn, the idea that someone would be so excited about this world that we've been building that they want to help us build it and to create something within it, that's just just overwhelmingly cool. It's just the neatest thing to find things like that. So uh, keep keep doing it and keep letting us see it because we, we love
0: it. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> we had some. Uh, so when we first introduced the lightning riggers, um, that I think it was the launch party before that season that we the theme was was a lightning rig, and so. Uh, Steph Cheruska and I, who designed that party, uh, spent a long time talking about what do lightning riggers wear, what do they look like, what is the, you know, what's the uniform, what do you need on your body. And then this last year at the launch party, there was a group of people that showed up cosplaying lightning riggers and it was awesome because they had all the things we talked about they had tools and like ratchets and shit they had all of it it was amazing they had
2: patches that Mm -hmm. were referential to both the show but also like original rigs they had invented Mm -hmm. Uh and they had light up stuff and that's yeah anytime you have a light up thing i'm like well that's the best cosplay i've ever seen forget it Mm -hmm. cosplay
0: at any of our lunch parties is always my favorite
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. which brings me kind of to my story uh It's Our First City related in that it takes place at the popular museum where many of us met. And uh, is the beginning Uh. of my relationship with my now husband, Clayton Fates, Uh. who we live together and work on Our First City. Uh, Clayton told me at a holiday party that my fashion made me look like a pirate. And I was so heartbroken and so offended because to me I'm thinking like... He's saying I'm dirty and like disheveled looking. Also, I think he was dating someone. And so like, why would it be a compliment? It would just like attacked me in this way. And I didn't like, I couldn't tolerate him for just months because he said such cruel things.
3: If you think, if you're in this room and you think that being told you look like a pirate is a compliment, say Yar. Yar.
2: Yeah, I dress every morning. There's just, there's just a lot of context, though. Sure. There's a lot of context. I have mustache wax in my
1: pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess the, the important context for later is that now now Clayton and Lauren have both a, uh, a a steering wheel and half a shark on their wall.
2: So we do have a pirate home. The
1: front, the front half. The front
2: of half of the shark. shark.
1: It's important to just
3: And to so
2: while Clayton earlier in this broadcast was talking about Elizabeth and West... I was sort of keeping myself from laughing because he said so much about these two people who didn't get along at first but they help each other with their rough edges and they're better than the sum of their parts and i was like wait was that based on us because i hated you for so long
3: art doesn't reflect life that's not how it works oh
1: oh the best maybe the best compliment uh was your mother oh no uh no at the end of season one when uh elizabeth dies uh Clayton's mother called him and and he picks up the phone and the first thing she says is, You killed me?
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, Ma, it <laughs> not- uh all right, final question, and Ooh. I'm not even sure this is a listener of our show, but we're gonna answer it. From Krund the Barbarian. <laughs> and I will read it grammatically as written. Oh, good. Sure. Krund want to know average age and skill of defenders of the city. No reason. Crund, just curious.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I would love for Ansel to answer this as the narrator. I think I could do that. I think you could. Crund the Barbarian.
1: (laughs) Crund the Barbarian. The people of Heartlife are manifold and mighty and
3: as young as necessary to push away as many outsiders as possible. Only the weakest and most foolish of outside perpetrators would think to come towards the Heart Life (laughs) Tower. Certainly there aren't ways in, and we haven't exposed them in other episodes of this show. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That was everything I called for.
2: Thank you so much, everyone. We have loved doing this for you. Uh, and we'd love to do it again. So if you have questions, please see us on Facebook, Tumblr, or email contact at ourfaircity.com. You can ask questions of our crew or also your favorite character, even dead ones. Go crazy as the story of our fair city continues. Hey. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, you, Thank you. Thank Good you. Night. Good night.
1: Loyal Policies, thank you so much for listening. This is Heartlife Executive Producer Jeffrey Gardner. I have some really exciting news to share. I am very pleased to announce that we will officially be launching Season 7 of Our Fair City on May 21st, 2016. We'll also be throwing one of our awesome launch parties that evening in Chicago. Keep an eye on our website for more information, and we really hope you'll join us. We really appreciate all the work you have been doing to spread the word about the show. Your recommendations to friends, your posts on social media, and more have been amazingly helpful. If you haven't already, you can head over to iTunes or whatever podcasting service you use to listen to Our Fair City and leave us a rating and review. Those help us stay on the top of the best of charts where new policies can find us. We also want to take a moment to thank the donors who have supported Our Fair City financially recently including the fantastic Steve Diamond and Corey. Thank you guys so much for supporting Our Fair City. If you want to join them, consider heading to ourfaircity.com and clicking the donate link. Thank you so much, all. We're going to go back to work on season seven. And as always, we'll see you in the tunnels.
3: You should not use this answer. This is a terrible answer.
2: Guess what's getting used for sure? sure. It's and in I the comics, it's, though. It's, it's
1: slipped into a comic, but yeah. it's never identified as Davenport. It is not yeah.
2: slipped into the comics. Someone is dressed in like a sexy fetish mole costume. That's, that's it is fair. all out there. It's almost like I we like
3: deliberately attention. chose to talk about socially relevant issues with our art. I don't know. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Well,
3: so Jim Jim McDaniel created that mythology, and it's as with all of Jim's ideas, <laughs> this is the tip of a very large iceberg. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and smashing. Drinking beers Sacrificing and many stuff. Vegetables. Beers, drinking vegetables, stuff, <laughs>
0: making babies.
2: What? What?
0: yeah, screams, we had to make a ant baby screams. to make <laughs> ants screams!
2: <laughs> oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah. That is the only reason they had a child, I'm sure of it.
3: <laughs> that idea came up in a staff meeting, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> and we picked
2: them. They drew like, the could you guys we need a
3: baby. take care of this for us? We need a baby. Get on it. <laughs> it's the best it's the best choice foley wise
2: <laughs> I said no, thank God, for Tara. <laughs> Uh, all right. What?
3: did I want? Grab a beer.
2: Yeah.
3: Did you grab two?
2: Clayton, we were waiting. God. <laughs> <at that time. laughs>
1: what? Uh, your transition. <laughs>
2: <sighs> anyway. Thank you.
0: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
2: In the year 1889, there was nowhere in the world more exciting than London, England. Free cheers for Inspector Lestrade and the
3: bad boys of Baker Street themselves, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Watson! Sold!
2: By Sherlock bloody Holmes of 221 B Baker Street. Well, with any luck, we'll get a new brutal murder any day now.
0: God, I wish. It's truly shocking you haven't solved anything in five years.
2: The boys are both
1: out of town for some case about a dog in Dartmoor this weekend. Sincerely, Martha
2: Hudson. London's number two detective team just became number one. Fox and Stallion. Find us on Twitter, Instagram and Tumblr
1: at 224 Baker, or on our website 224bbaker.com.
0: It's like they say, big breaks are 90% luck.
1: What's the other
3: 10%?
0: Luck.